Father, thank you. This morning we give you praise. What a privilege it is to know a father that loves so deeply. Thank you that we don't have to do anything to earn your love. You love us just because. That we are recipients of your finished work. You pour out your grace so lavishly on us. Lord, we want to bless your name this morning. Because many times words are not adequate to express the joy that we have in our hearts. The Lord, you bless us just because. And you shower your goodness just because. Thank you for your continued kindness towards us. Every day we wake up, oh God, we stand in amazement of all the wonderful things that you have in store for us. We honor you. Spirit of living God, thank you that you're going to help us this morning, that as we break down your word, you will bring it to simplicity in our lives in the name of Jesus. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, would you please open your script Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians and chapter 13, verse 14, for a title. The title of this message is Living by Design. Living by Design. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. Chapter 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Would you give me that scripture in the message rendition? The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God. The intimate friendship of the Holy, Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. Many times, for most of us that are used to being in the Pentecostal church, that is something we close the service with. And for many of us, we just maybe recite it and find it hard sometimes to take in the meaning of all these things in the speed of reciting it. So when I say the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, boom, we're gone. But that sentence there, the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you encapsulates the entire message of the grace of God. That is it. Because the grace of God was bestowed upon us because God chose from the beginning that he loved us and he gave his only begotten son. 
Our different experiences, though, is what we tend to live out on a daily basis. In the last few weeks, today, though, I'm going to concentrate on the last part of that, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with all of you. In the last few weeks before Pastor traveled, he started touching on the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he especially said that um, without an understanding of the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit in our life, there's a tendency we will live a not-so-victorious life because we really don't know the impact of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Do you all recall that message? Do you all recall him saying that? Okay. So this morning, I'm going to take off from there. I'm going to talk this morning on the role of the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, and how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? How many of you have been blessed by the grace message so far? If I, if I ask every one of you to give a personal testimony of what the grace message has been doing for you, I'm sure I'll get a whole lot of um, testimonies here. But suffice to say that for me, it's been of freedom, it's been of hope, it's been of transformation, and indeed it's been of restoration. My life has not been the same since it dawned on me that God loved me. And believe me, you have been walking this walk for a long time. But I've come to realize that I've only gotten to know who I am and who's God love, what God love is towards me in the last few years. And so I can gratefully and boastfully say I've seen growth in my life. Not because I have strived to grow. It's because I've learned to be who I'm supposed to be in God. The Bible says, in him we live and move and have our being. I'm learning every day to just live in being a child of God. Listen, it is the most liberating thing you can ever experience as a believer. The day it dawns on you, the day it dawns on you that God loves you. Oh, believe me, you. It's a revelation that will get you up every day. And what that does, it, it will incite growth in your walk with God. There's no way you will ever be the same again. When you know of the love of God. I mean, this is the love Paul encounter. That Paul will say, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. That Paul will boastfully say, I'm torn between two things, whether to remain here or to go. That is what the love of God does for us. Now, there's something about the love of God that amazes me. You know, it's enough for somebody to tell you, I love you and walk away from you. Correct? And you just know they love you. But the love of God is so well packaged that I'm praying this afternoon I have the right articulation to express 
what I have stored in my heart and in my spirit. When Alex told me he loved me, he proposed to me. I accepted the proposal. Obviously. <laughs> and the result of it is I have three kids and it's been 25 years. Well, he has, a, he, has a, he has a physical evidence of that. He's gone bald. <laughs> he told me I'm the reason why he's bald. I don't know how that is. I am the most peaceful person on the face of the earth. <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I'm coming back to the love of God and this package. Jesus started from John chapter 13. No, from John chapter 14. He kept telling these um, disciples, not just about the love of God, and that how just you seeing me is not going to be enough. I'm part of this package. However, as a part of this package, I'm also going to bring you a comforter and a help. Understand what I'm trying to say this afternoon. The love of God comes in a package. Now, what God means when he says he loves you is that he came and brought you into a place where in a million years you could not have strived to be in. Then he made allowance for staying in that place. The same allowance of living from that place. Are you following, please? It's a package. It says, I love you. I'm taking you out of this place where you've been struggling. I'm bringing you to a place where you will no longer struggle. Now, not only will you not struggle anymore, but the ability and the power to stay within this place, I'm bringing it to you. So, he brought the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit serves two roles. I mean, you can name every other roles, the Holy Spirit. It will be encapsulated in these two roles I'm giving you. One as the indwelling presence of God, two, as the empowering presence of God. The Holy Spirit serves two roles. The indwelling presence of God and the empowering presence of God. I want to submit to you. The Holy Spirit is essential to your walk. Anywhere you hope to be in life, as a business person, as a pastor, as an engineer, as a student, as a project manager, as a nurse, as a doctor, 
Am I naming all the profession in the house? Anywhere or any place you hope to be, you can only live in the success of it. You can only live in the success of it as long as you can consistently experience the presence of God. Now I'm talking to you as a believer. The ability to succeed at the highest level can only happen as you experience consistently the presence of God. In John chapter 14, may I have verse 25? Within these two roles, I'm going to touch on two functions of the Holy Spirit within these two roles today. As you open to John chapter 14, verse 25, I want to say this. As an individual and as a believer, you need to understand and know that a relationship with the Holy Spirit is paramount to your daily existence. And what is paramount most of all is the revelation that comes from the union with the Holy Spirit. Because in this revelation, you build your relationship with the Holy Spirit. So, if as a comforter, you get to know the Holy Spirit, it is a revelation that comes to you. Hence, Paul will say, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus, who comforts us in our tribulation, so that the comfort where we, we are comforted, we can comfort others. Because Paul had a revelation of the Holy Spirit as a comforter in his time of need. Verse 25. I am telling you these things while I'm with you. May I have that in NASB, please? NASB. John chapter 14, 25. These things are spoken to you while abiding with you. Verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send you in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I said to you. Two functions is explained here. One as what? A helper. And the second one, he brings into remembrance. Amen? Now, if God says, I'm going to give you a helper, it presupposes then that you need help. Is that correct? It, it, it means that for some reason, somehow, somewhere, you are going to need help. Is that correct? Now, I got the definition of what help is from the dictionary. First, a helper, it says a person, a thing that helps or gives assistance. And a help, it gives as a definition as 
to give or provide what is necessary to accomplish a task or satisfy a need. Contribute strength to or render assistance to. Cooperate with effectively somebody that gives an aid. Amen? Now, to explain this very well. How many of you know that Jesus himself needed help? I've gotten, I've gotten you all by surprise here. Okay, Jesus is saying in John chapter 14, he said, I'm going to send your help. And like I said, that presupposes that you're going to need help one way or the other. That every day you're going to need help to live this life. Because Jesus by this time had said so many things. And he kept telling them you'll get a help. And this help will assist you in many things. And this help will bring you into remembrance of many other things. But now let's look at the life of Jesus. Because without the help of the Holy Spirit... Without that indwelling presence of God that you are conscious of, without the understanding of the empowering presence of God, there's a possibility you and I may live our daily life in the by and by without experiencing the fullness of the power of God that is available for us. In John chapter 3, no, Luke chapter 3, rather, the Bible said, Jesus was baptized, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And then you go to chapter 4. The Bible says that spirit now led him into the wilderness to be tempted. Now, did you think Jesus got baptized in the spirit in chapter 3, chapter three for the sake of getting baptized? No. He needed the help of the spirit. Whatever you do in life, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. You need the help of the Holy Spirit as a friend. You need the help of the Holy Spirit as the one that would carry you and bring you into the place that God has finished for you. Here are a few sentences for you. The role of the Holy Spirit as your indwelling presence and the empowering presence of God in your life. One, his job is to present you in Christ before the Father. That is one of the functions of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Your reprocity, your reprocity, your reprocity to the love of God. In other words, as you respond back to the love of God, the Holy Spirit presents that before the Father. Number two, his empowering presence enables you to be witnesses of the finished work of Christ. I'll repeat that. His empowering presence enables you to be witnesses of the finished work of Christ. The Holy Spirit helps you to develop in Christ, because it talks to you about Christ. Now this, you all know Jesus is praying for you. Because we read the scripture that says, He liveth to make intercession on our behalf. The role of the Holy Spirit though, is to live out these prayers in our lives. 
The role of the Holy Spirit is to live out these prayers in our life. Now, the Holy Spirit takes everything about heaven that concerns you to make sure you're connected with it in reality. Let me say this to you, though. There would never be a day where the Holy Spirit is not present in your life. There would never be a day where the Holy Spirit is not present in your life. I want this to settle in your mind. That irrespective of the circumstances of life, irrespective of your emotions, it does not change the presence of God in your life. Your sin does not remove God from your life. Your not responding to God does not remove God from your life. I want this to settle in. So that you understand that when you go to sleep is with you. When you are awake is with you. When your eating is with you. Whatever it is that you're doing, you need to settle this fact. That the Holy Spirit is always present in your life. Say with me, I need help. Say with me, I need help. Now, you're saying that, you're directly saying to God, I can't do many things by myself. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? You need the help of the Holy Spirit. This is a part of the Godhead that Jesus would emphasize in John 14, 15, and 16. That he will speak to you, he will teach you, he will be with you. Pastor said it rightly the first time he preached. The reason why Christ died was so that he can then spread himself out to everybody. And the only way he spreads himself out to everybody is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, therefore, should be our constant companion and our constant friend. This is a friend you cannot do without. It is a friend that you have to stick to like a glue. Because remember what I said. To experience a level of success that you need in life, you have to have a consistent experience of the presence of God in your life. Now, as a helper, I'm one of those people that finds it very difficult to receive help from people. True. But it's something that God is teaching me right now. So when someone says they want to help me, I'm always thinking... Is there a motive behind it? Or if they help me, are they going to come and ask something of me I cannot give them? Are you, are you following me? Please, I want to give you this personal experience in order to be able to relay this message in a way you will understand. I don't want to go over your head. I want to talk about everyday experience as believers. And why is it as, as Christians we are not enjoying the fellowship of the Spirit the way we ought to? When pastor started out, he said the reason why many of us are defeated on a daily basis is because we don't understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
The Holy Spirit is not just a word, it's a person. He's a companion. The day I got married, um, no, after I got married, I brought my stuff to the house, you know, the house that Alex and I moved into. And for some reason, some of the suitcases I brought, I, I, I did not unpack them. So I, I left them in some of the closet in some of the rooms. Now, Alex would go in there and out. I'm sure he was puzzled. I didn't know he was puzzled about it. Um, as to why I've not unpacked. And to him, it almost felt like, does she have if a leg in and one leg out kind of, kind of thing? And the only reason I had not unpacked, really, at that point, was because I did not receive the help that was given me. I'm saying this to let you know how the help that I refused got me into a different trouble. My friends came, my sisters came. Tosin, let us, let us help you unpack the suitcases. And I felt like I didn't want them to see the stuff that was in my thing anyway. So I just, I, I shoved that request aside. Now, six months into being married, these suitcases were still not unpacked. So, Alex and I had this little argument on food. Just on food. Little argument. Follow me. It was just a little argument on food. This little argument on food went further now into the suitcases. Then Alex now said, no wonder your suitcases are not packed. It seems to me you are ready to just check out anytime. Now, it sounded very, it sounds very funny now. That, it wasn't funny that day. It was really an intense fellowship. <laughs> and so he was mad, I was mad. But while preparing for this message, it was one of those things that came to me because I refused a help. And so eventually I had to go and pay for help to help me unpack the suitcases. There were lots of them. And I knew I couldn't do it by myself. So I had to pay for someone to come do it. I'm deliberately driving this point help home. Because if there's anything I want you to leave here with today, I want you to leave with the word help imprinted in your memory. That from this day henceforth, you are never going to do anything without the help of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever driven a vehicle that just stopped midway? Just midway, just stopped. Boom. Well, and then you come out of the vehicle. You realize you're in the middle of the road. You want to push this vehicle. And you realize all of a sudden, I don't have enough strength to move, to move this vehicle. At that point, you start looking for help. Now, let's translate it to life burdens. Issues of life. They may not be physical as you carry them, but they are emotional. They are mental. They weigh you down. And one way or the other, you're looking for somebody to help push this thing away. If it can just move a little bit from me. 
I mean, I, have you ever felt such problems if I don't know whether it's only you, that your legs knock each other? That you, your mouth becomes dry all of a sudden, irrespective of the gallons of water you take. Is at those times you need help, and you need help real fast. But I'm telling you, if those burdens, you don't learn that there's a help available for you, you find yourself stressed out about a matter of life that you're not supposed to be stressed out with because you were not created to bear stress in your body. That's not what God created you for. What happens is you then go to the hospital, you keep spending money that you are not supposed to spend on things you're not supposed to spend them on because you are not taking on the help that has been given to you. If Jesus in Luke 3 was baptized with the Holy Ghost, and in Luke 4, God, the assistance of the Holy Ghost. You and I can't afford any other thing. We, you really, we really can't afford it. Are you understanding me? I'm talking about the help that is given you in God. Amen? Now, the one thing, though, that the Holy Spirit does while he helps you, is to make you also comfortable. That irrespective of anything that you're going through, he brings about a comfort for you. That you feel like just flying in the air. It is exhilarating. It is a feeling of just being above something that you know you ordinarily cannot put together yourself. I want you to know that. You know, for me, one of the things that the Holy Spirit has helped me with is that the law for me showed me my weaknesses all the time. But in grace, the Holy Spirit shows me the strength that is available for me. Are you following me? In other words, the law reveals your slavery to sin. Grace reveals your freedom from sin. And all of this is ministered by the Holy Spirit. Let me repeat it again. And this is things that have liberated me. Law reveals your slavery to sin. While grace reveals your freedom from sin. And through that, you can live the life that God has set apart for you. Now, I'm going to set aside the word help and then touch on the word remembrance. Remember, that was a scripture we read. Help and remembrance. How many of you understand the word help for now at least? Until I tie it all back together. Help. You know you need help from the Holy Spirit. Is that correct? You cannot carry your burdens by yourself. You have not been made to carry burdens in your body. You cannot mentally contain the problems of life. It is absolutely impossible. There is a level and there is a, there is a place available in God for you to begin to live and experience the freedom and the liberty that Jesus has purchased for you. Amen? Go with me to Luke chapter 8 
And these I will have it in the mirror translation. I know we don't have it, but I had them type it out for me. If you ever want to learn a lot about grace also, please try and get this Bible called the Mirror Bible. The guy that wrote that thing just is soaked in grace. You will enjoy all the renditions that it gives of various scriptures in there. Amen? So if I'll have Luke, the one I sent you. Huh? No, John, I'm sorry. John chapter 8. I'm sorry. You're right. John chapter 8. I'm sorry. Would you please give me that John chapter 8, please? Now we're talking about the Holy Spirit as one that brings us to remembrance. It says, Meanwhile, the scribes and the Pharisees led a woman to him who was forcefully seized in the act of adultery and made her stand in the middle of the throng of people where everyone could stare at her. They said unto him, Teacher, this woman was caught committing adultery. Now Moses commanded us in the law that adulterers should be stoned. What would you say? They obviously had a clear agenda to snare him in their efforts to build a case of lawlessness against him. Jesus bent down and began to write with his finger in the ground, distracting attention from the girl. They continued to interrogate him. Then he stood up and looked at them in the eyes, prose, and said, He who is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And again bent down and continued writing on the ground. They began to walk away one after the other beginning with the oldest, until Jesus was left alone with the girl, still standing where her accusers dumped her. When Jesus stood up again, there was no one there except the woman. So Jesus asked her, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Where are they, your accusers? Your accusers were added by later copyists. She answered, no one, Lord, and Jesus said to her, neither am I condemning you. Go and sin no more. Never again believe a lie about yourself. What did Jesus do there? Brought her to remembrance of who she is in him. Said to her, never again Believe a lie about yourself. The work of the Holy Spirit is to continue working in you, helping you to understand who you are in God. So that when I seem lost sometimes, he will remind me that this is who you are in Christ. Let me bring it home. I got into a situation. I won't be able to give names, but I'll be able to give a few details. Uh, but because I've not asked permission of these people, so I can't explain everything by their name. This person came up to me and needed my help. And I was ready to give it. 
I didn't even think twice about it. I just said, boom, I'll do it. And I said to them, this is what I'll do. One, two, three, four. And when I said it, I really meant it, that I was going to do it. Immediately they left, I went into my room and started typing, trying to put together what it is that he asked me for. But what had happened was in helping them, I was going to compromise. I want you to please follow me. I was going to take a moral detour. Are you following me? Okay. And at that time, I didn't see anything that was wrong with it when I said yes. Because for me then, the end justifies the means. So I sat down and I began to try and type, type out. And while typing out, I heard like I would hear my voice clearly. The Holy Spirit said to me, Tosin, you're better than this. I stopped immediately. And the Holy Spirit said to me, if and when this comes out, you're going to destroy relationships at the expense of trying to help somebody because you want to play God. Are you, are you following me, please? And when I heard that, the next thing the Holy Spirit would say to me, he says, do you believe me? I said, yes. Does this translate to every day of your life? I said, yes. He said, I want you to always remember who you are. What does that mean to each and every one of us daily as the Holy Spirit brings us to remembrance? He begins to paint a picture for you in every situation. Yours may not be in my own situation where I almost compromised. Let me, let me tell you this thing. Let me give you a good story about this thing. Before to now, before this message took hold of me, it didn't matter. I would do it in a heartbeat. I may even hear the voice of God to say, don't do it. I would do it because the end justified the means. Are you, are you following me? I'm talking about daily matters where we seem to be defeated sometimes as we walk with God. I would even fight you in the face of it. I will argue it out with you on why the end justified the means. But when God, through the Holy Spirit, spoke to my heart, I knew immediately I was better than the compromise I'm about to make. So that whatever walk in life I may be, what the Holy Spirit does is to paint a picture of who you are to you. A friend of mine called me, was having problems in her marriage. And she was going to compromise also. Um, 
And I started talking to this guy. They were just going to get together. They were just going to compromise one way or the other. And she and I were talking on the phone. She dropped the phone. The next day called me back. He said, there was something you said while we're talking that the Holy Spirit used to convict me. And she said, when I was about to make the step to step out, the Holy Spirit said to me, I am better than what I'm about to do. Listen, to the degree that the Holy Spirit is your friend, to the degree that you develop this relationship, to that degree you experience these daily victories, that when it comes to compromise, you will find yourself not able to do it because your friend is constantly talking to you. You and your friend are in constant communion together. This is the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer that believes in the grace of God. The grace of God is available through the help of the Holy Spirit as he empowers you to live above the lies of the enemy. Listen, I have come to a place where I believe if indeed I have embraced this grace message, it is not possible for me to sin. <laughs> oh. A lot of you are looking at me. You know why? Because I have a different nature. Are you following me? I have a different nature. I live from a different place. Understand me, I'm not telling you I'm not going to make mistakes. But I'm saying to you, the ability to sin will be removed from me. The, 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 the enticement of it, the way it tastes to you, is killed minute by minute because of my fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus will say the God of this world comes and he has nothing in me. I want you to know this is a place of victory that God has set apart for you in Christ. I know some of these things are hard truth. They are hard to take in at times. But they remain the things that help us to get to the place we ought to in God. Now, would you please open with me to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 31. So, so far we've talked about the role of the Holy Spirit as the indwelling presence of God. As the empowering presence of God, we talk about the functions of the Holy Spirit as our helper and the one that brings us to remembrance of who Christ is in our life and the words of Christ to us. So that on a daily basis, we are in communion with this work of the Holy Spirit in our heart. Amen? Listen, somebody said to me some time ago, we are always having a conversation, whether we like it or not, in our mind, in our heart, everywhere. We are always having a conversation. If you will learn 
to distinguish the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is not done in one day. It begins with a baby step. The first step that it begins with is your yieldedness to the perfect work of Christ in your life. And let the Holy Spirit begin to guide you. Pastor Bank said this some time ago. Irrespective of the mistakes you've made, it's through these mistakes you begin to learn. The Bible says strong meat belong to them who by reason of use have had their senses exercised. Listen, to walk with the Holy Spirit is a learning process. It is not a process that is done overnight. You begin to walk with him. You begin to know his voice. You begin to hear him. It begins to guide you. It begins to give you the help that you need. Brings you to remembrance of who you are. When you are at work. When you are talking to your spouse. When you are talking to your children. The Holy Spirit is your constant help. Always there to render the help that you need. There's no doubt about that. However, to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit, you yourself have to appreciate the person that is giving you the gift. You have to know that God loves you. If you don't love me and you bring me a gift, I will question it and there's a tendency I may abuse the gift. But if I know that you love me, if I am settled in the love of the Father... The gift of the Holy Spirit becomes something that I embrace because I would know that out of his love, he knows that I need help. And in giving me that help, I can hold on to it. Are you following me? It is important that we know that truth. And to embrace the work of the Holy Spirit, not just do you know the love of the Father, you have to believe in the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You have to believe in the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Is there to assist you? Is there to lift you up? Is there as the one that is constantly aware of what you're going through? Remember the scripture we read. He is your friend. If the same spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you, he that raised Christ from the dead will by the same spirit give life to your mortal bodies. Every day you need this dose of life. You can't have a friend and constantly neglect the friend and think that you're friends. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But I do know one thing for sure. That the help of the Holy Spirit is paramount to the life of a believer. And to get the help of the Holy Spirit, you have to understand that you are loved by God. And to believe in this indwelling work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So that the indwelling presence of God and the empowering presence of God are your constant help on a daily basis. I'm told my time is up. Okay, I'm just going to, five minutes, do I have five minutes? Okay. Okay, I don't have five minutes. Okay. If there's anything that I'm going to leave here with you this afternoon is that as a believer, 
you can't afford a solo run. You can't afford to do things by yourself. You need the quickening of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. It's the Holy Spirit that says to you, don't do this. You can do this. This is not you. You are more than this. You are a child of God. You are grafted into the family of God. You are accepted in the beloved. It is the Holy Spirit that helps you to love God because it pours the love of God in your heart. See, I'm telling you, I don't know how to articulate this. The changes I'm seeing in my life is as a result of hearing the Holy Spirit instruct me on what to do, how to do it, and where to, do, where to go. Are you getting me? Develop it as a friendship. Develop it as your companion. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. You cannot run this race by yourself. It is impossible to run this race by yourself. Amen? Believe in the workings of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you, my friend, can live in victory. I want us to stand to our feet this afternoon and we're going to pray.